0: Canada, the conspiracy show with Richard Serrin. Welcome aboard, friends. Good to have you with me. Let's uh, take a stroll, shall we? Don't be afraid. But let me warn you things are about to get very, very strange. We're going to talk about uh, something which on the surface may seem too unbelievable, too fantastic uh, to possibly be true, but appears to be happening. Uh, happening in plain sight, and uh, has been all uh, quite nicely documented uh, by a gentleman who's about to join me on the line from the UK. But before we introduce him, let me introduce to you another good friend of the program, who stops by periodically to leave me utterly gobsmacked. Uh, I I really didn't talk much about uh, UFOs uh, or ETs on this program, not sure why, probably something deep down inside me, said, ''Don't go there. You'll never be the same.'' And then this gentleman darkens my door and convinces me that we should chat about these things every once in a while, and he said, ''If you do, I'll hold your hand.'' And he does. He comes in and sits down, and we we go places I never would have imagined. And I have been utterly gobsmacked, and I have never been the same. And uh, I promise you, if uh, you continue to listen to this program and the kind of information that Victor Vigiani imparts and my next guest, you will never be the same. Uh, so uh, you have been warned. Victor Vigiani is the communications director with Zeland News Network. If you're looking for news and information regarding UFOs and ETs, this is perhaps the most credible place to go. Zeland News Network, Victor Vigiani. Uh, fresh from a uh, a European tour this summer with his lovely bride Laurie, welcome back, Victor.
1: Good evening. It's, good evening. It's great to be with you again. It's been a great journey, hasn't it? Uh, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, knocking on your door back. How many years now has it been? Goodness gracious. I well, you
0: were, even. you were hosting a program or guest, uh, co-hosting a program mm. at another radio station, um, uh, called Strange Days Indeed. That's and, right. And uh, yes. we sort of crossed paths, but, uh, we didn't really know about each other. And then I landed at another station and, uh, that's when I got the call from you. Yeah. One dark and uh, stormy night, right? And um, uh, I guess that's probably about 2003. Nine, nine ten, ten years, maybe. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's been
1: a wonderful journey, hasn't it? Yeah, wonderful. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, scary at times.
1: <laughs> it's like a tightrope.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, what you you opened me up to this whole field of uh, ufology and and uh, ETS and are we being visited and and more than that, are they interacting uh, with human civilization? Have they been? Are they? Uh, to what extent? Uh, does that explain certain world events, which leads to this whole field of exopolitics i 'd never even heard that word before I mm-hmm. met you, and then, of course, you introduce me to all of these um, uh, journalists. There are journalists now covering this That's field right. yes uh, and this whole idea of of uh, uFO disclosure when is the government going to announce what they know and and how long have they known and uh, uh, just totally uh pulled the rug. Uh, you know, called reality out from under my feet. And that's right the same.
1: That's my job, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yes. that's the way I look at it because it's uh, it's a matrix that we're all involved in, and the regular stream of thought that that's carried on on a day to day basis. You know, with our television and radio news and newspapers, and and we go and come, we stop at stoplights, we go when the when the light is green, and we stop at the, at the sign, and we carry on with the politics of the day. But in reality, there's so much going on behind the scenes regarding off-world civilizations that are engaging us. And uh, people, generally speaking, just aren't aware of it. And that's part of what I try to do.
0: Um, or many uh, many maybe, and like me, they just don't want to go there, uh, um, but had to be sort of led kicking and screaming. Well, I didn't kick and scream. I wasn't like, you know, a schoolgirl, but I, I was a little apprehensive. Mm-hmm. However, I, I feel like I'm in good hands. Mm-hmm. Let's meet another gentleman. Uh, now, this is the thing that blows me away about mm-hmm. this whole field. The people that come, that are sucked into this world, mm-hmm. that come from such impressive, you know, people like Richard Dolan. This is a distinguished historian who now writes about this field. Now, now check this guy out. Uh, after, uh, he's a graduate of Newcastle University. He's got a degree in electrical and electronic engineering. After 12 years working for Rolls Royce as a software development engineer, he left his job to work as a freelance IT consultant. He first became interested in the UFO phenomenon in the early 1990s when he learned about Bob Lazar, our friend from Area 51, and his involvement in the back engineering of a UFO owned by the U.S. government. That's right, new listeners, that's what I said. A UFO owned by the U.S. government. Frustrated that the E.T. reality is not correctly represented in the mainstream media, in 2007, Richard D. Hall launched the website richplanet.net. In 2008, he started a campaign, appearing on radio programs all over the U.K. to promote the UFO subject. He writes a UFO column in a local newspaper and has produced and presented two series of television programs for Sky 200 about UFOs. His latest documentary, Silent Killers, tells the story of animal mutilation in the U.K., we're going to talk about that, in which it is proved that the governments are actively covering up this phenomena. Richard D. Hall, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you?
2: Thank you, Richard, and thank you for having me on the show. I'm very well, thank you.
0: And thanks for getting up at five o'clock in the morning uh, to do the program.
2: That's fine. I'm not. I'm not sure whether it's late or early, but I'm fine.
0: All right, and uh, say hello to my uh, my guest
1: host or my co-host here, Victor Vigiani. Hi, Victor. Good evening, Richard. Glad you could be with us.
0: We want to talk about um, the case of these disappearing sheep in the UK and how that may be involved or or, or related to the UFO phenomena. But we we touched on um, animal mutilations. For those uh, not familiar with this phenomenon, give us a a primer. What, What are animal mutilations and how might they be connected to UFOs?
2: Okay, well, the phenomenon I think first came to light in the United States in 1967 Uh, a case that was covered by somebody called Linda Moulton Howe, which some of your listeners may be aware of. Um, This was a horse mutilation case. And then through the 1970s in in quite a few states, predominantly in Central America, there were um, mutilations of of cattle, predominantly cattle. And the characteristics are um, they have certain organs removed uh, they will have um, a rectal core, so a cylinder of uh, flesh is taken from, from the rectum. Uh, often sex organs are removed, and uh, often the animals will be exsanguinated, so they, all of their blood is missing, but there's no blood on the ground, and there's no, any, not any evidence of how that blood could have been removed in situ So there are a whole lot of characteristics which really can't be explained, and they appear to be carried out surgically. Uh, There was a case as recent, I think it was January this year, uh, in Kansas near uh, Kansas City Airport. And there's been cases this year in the U.K. of uh, ponies in Devon and Cornwall uh, turning up with the same injuries. Now, one important point is that there's no single human being ever being seen caught or convicted, or arrested in any animal mutilation case. And there are hundreds of documented cases
0: worldwide. It, it, you know, the, the term mutilation is a misnomer because, as you say, it's done with surgical precision, laser surgical precision, really. The way that these uh, organs are removed, um, uh, and as you say, uh, uh, the, all the blood removed, no trace of blood spattering, uh, it's, it's beyond uh, comprehension. But it's not just livestock. I mean, you've we pointed out that, that there are other, I mean, um, badgers and foxes and, and yeah. other animals found? Correct.
2: Yeah, we had um, a case of a, a mutilated deer and also a stag uh, in the UK. Uh, this recently, just last year. Um, and as I say, the the people people try to explain it. The, the first thing that they try to explain it as is predation. But uh, if you go on my website and look up a film called Silent Killers, you can Silent Killers in Sussex. Uh, we did a whole film about one particular horse, and we, we managed to get there quite early. So we've got the whole thing on film, and you can see that uh, you know, the, 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 the cuts on the flesh are 90 degrees. Now, you, people would say, well, it's obviously a human thing. Well, this was in an extremely remote place, and as I said, there wasn't, wasn't a drop of blood on the ground, not one drop. Uh, and I was there when the horse was winched up onto a trailer, and not one drop of blood actually came out of the carcass. If that horse had been slain, uh, it should have poured blood all over the ground when it was lifted up. So we think that horse was exsanguinated, and it went for post-mortem. We followed the horse. Now, we had to go back up to the north because we had other commitments. It had a post-mortem, and they've suppressed the post-mortem report. They will not give us a copy of that post-mortem report. We do think that that animal had had, you know, Twenty-nine litres of blood removed
0: somehow. Uh, and wh- how is how is it that uh, we have linked this phenomenon of, of animal mutilation to the ET UFO phenomenon?
2: Okay, well, they often occur in areas where UFOs have been sighted, and in particular, the case that I've just mentioned. There, uh, we were interviewing um, the landowner and various people around the farm, and someone said, "Oh." Um, this guy called Roger, he, he had a UFO sighting three weeks earlier. So I went and interviewed him, and sure enough, he'd seen a UFO in the next field, hovering over the, the field, and that, that uh, full report is, is documented in my film. Um, now, some people claim to have seen helicopters in these regions. Um, it's my view that these helicopters are not responsible. I, I suspect that, that the military in particular... Organizations such as the Nsa then they know what 's happening with this, and they 've got one eye on it that 's my view on it,
1: I think a lot of times, Richard, when these helicopters do show up, they show up after the fact because mm-hmm. uh, in one way or another, they pick up the uh, the occurrence of the UFO and then yeah. uh, follow up with some sort of um, you know, sort of investigation or overseeing uh, the area themselves. Now what they have actually to do with the phenomenon is another question altogether, but... Uh,
2: I, I would go along with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- there's nobody witnessed uh, a helicopter directly either taking or returning or mutilating uh, any animal. It's There's a case in the early 90s, and again in the States, this was in one of Timothy Good's books, where a farmer um, he heard a strange uh, humming noise on his on his farm. Uh, he had a shotgun, and he actually witnessed a cow being dragged backwards in, and he, he couldn't see what was dragging it something was moving the animal so he, he fired a shotgun uh... it went away and then the next day he found uh... the cow that had been mutilated so, and there were similar cases in the UK where people have farmers who've, been, who've had sheep missing uh... this is in a place called Whitby they staked out a field overnight they had infrared detectors to detect any movement uh, the detectors triggered, but they didn't see anything. And in the morning, 60 yards from where they've been staked out, there's a mutilated uh, lamb, uh, and they didn't see anything. So I think I'm of the mind that this is they're using a, a real covert-type technology to carry out these mutilations.
0: All right, uh, hold Which on, explains Richard.
2: why no one's ever been seen.
0: We'll, uh, we'll also talk about the case of the 1,500 sheep that went missing overnight from a farm in England uh, last year with Richard D. Hall a filmmaker and uh, his website, richplanet.net. Victor Vigiani from Zealand News Network in studio with me. Stay with us. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Filmmaker uh, Richard D. Hall joins us from the UK. His website is richplanet.net. A rich planet indeed. Strange planet. Uh, We're talking about uh, the animal mutilation phenomena, and we'll talk about some uh, livestock that went missing. 1,500 sheep uh, that went missing from a farm in England uh, last year, and Richard was all over that story. Um, but uh, let me throw it back over to my uh, my friend Victor Vigiani. I know who has another question. Victor,
1: yeah, I just wanted to kind of um, get a sense of the the techniques that are used um, with this. We we did touch upon it uh, a little bit earlier, but the kinds of wounds that um, I know that have been made on these animals are very very unique. My understanding is, uh, as Richard I think uh, pointed earlier, it's sort of a laser a laser precision with these things, but um, in a sense they're cut out with very little disruption cellular disruption around the wound itself which completely eliminates any kind of predators. Um, What's your sort of take on that?
2: Well um, there is a group in the UK um, called the Animal Pathology Field Unit and they have had a pathologist uh, working with them and he has examined tissue samples. Now One of the problems that we have, and you're correct in what you say, that that, um, they're clearly not predation tears, uh, and people suggest either high heat or lasers are used uh, during the the cutting action. However, um, we've had problems in the UK in that um, this pathologist guy was told in no certain terms, you know, uh, uh, it might affect his career if he keeps helping this group. So this is one of the problems to get detailed cellular uh, analysis by qualified pathologists is very difficult. And this is one of the reasons why I'm convinced that there is a cover-up on this.
1: Yeah, it leads me to the next question, Richard, uh, in that with the way this is going on both in the United States, even in Canada and the UK and, and possibly other parts of the world, um, why farmers and, and, and cattlemen groups aren't up in arms about this kind of thing with the, with the persistency and with which this occurs and the whole bizarre nature of it. You'd figure that in some way this would, first of all, crack the, new, the, the local news media and make its way through to uh, maybe an international media of some kind.
2: Well, um, I would say to that that the majority of cases probably go unnoticed, um, I mean, in any farm, you have livestock which which will die and then will just be, you know, sent to the incineration places, etc. And I, w- I would suggest that most of them just end up like that. That the farmers aren't really generally aware of this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the cases are sometimes horses, and as I say, sometimes uh, wild animals, but. Um, there's not really a, a wide awareness of this. I, I made a film which was shown on TV in the UK, but my show only goes out to about 20,000 viewers, so it's, it, it's, it's not widely known about.
0: Let me ask you, um to comment on, on this. Here, you know, there is this huge divide in the, uh, in the UFO, uh, community, if I can call it that. You know, we have the portrayal in films, which is sort of there's a there's a contradiction we have certain uh, alien films you know that portray ET as foe we have other films uh that ET is you know is friend it's it's going to save humanity from itself uh and mm-hmm. this of course it all it gets wrapped up in the whole disclosure movement as well uh you know do they hold the keys to free energy and the cure for cancer and and all our environmental degradations sure. if only you know we we could uh, we could contact them I'm wondering is what your thoughts are on the, on one scenario in that the a, animal mutilation uh, phenomena is man-made in order to further uh I guess uh under, undermine the idea of ETs being friendly uh or to 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 position them in public consciousness as something to be feared uh as something evil. Okay.
2: Um well, I know that um, the, the person in the UK who's probably got more knowledge on, on mutilations than anyone is a guy called David Caton. He's um, ex-RAF, and he, he, he held a, a, a quite a high job in British aerospace. Now, he would say that it's definitely not a, a human phenomenon. He, he doesn't buy that, buy into that. Just due to the number of cases and the locations where they're found and the fact that there's never any witnesses... Um, it would—it's it, a very, it would be a very, very contrived, convoluted way of trying to um, make people think that. Um, so I don't—I don't think it's—it's um, th- th- it's being done as a psyop. That's what you're right. suggesting, a psychological operation. I, I don't think it's a psy—psychological okay. operation. Uh, now I'm—I'm um, I'm willing to debate whether it's something non-human or not. Um, but one thing is for sure, there's a cover-up on it. That, that's, and I've presented evidence in talks of this, of various farms that have had animals confiscated, or people have turned up when no one actually knows there's animals mutilated and they, and they confiscate animals. This has gone on in the UK. So, and one woman who was involved in confiscating an animal, someone who worked for animal health, she actually told the farmer, we have operatives throughout the UK in animal health positions looking out for these types of cases and we confiscate them. So I'm convinced there's a cover-up. Now, if it was being done by the government, why would they need to cover it up? It's, um, for me, I-, I think it's more likely some kind of non-human uh, phenomenon. But the, but whoever or whatever it is 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 got either covert technology or is interdimensional or there's something which is. Or the worldly to it. In, in
1: 1996, I had an opportunity to, uh, to visit uh, New, New Mexico and Nevada and visit some of the places that have become notorious, not only just for uh, UFO sightings and activity, but with the local farmers that have actually experienced this kind of thing. And I spoke with uh, an actual farmer and, and his wife regarding uh, the area in which we were visiting in New Mexico. And I asked them, I said, have you, have you experienced this kind of thing? And both of the, uh, the individual said, yes, we have. And I was, uh, you know, I didn't really care too much about the actual animal uh, it you know, phenomenon itself. That wasn't the issue that I was trying to get at. What I was trying to ferret out from these individuals is the kind of pressure that they were under, um, as you kind of alluded to, not to say anything or to make anything of this. And it seems to be a concerted effort by authorities, as you seem to be hinting at, that uh, thou shalt not talk about this, thou shalt not uh, make a big deal about it. How much of this kind of pressure do you, do you know or feel might be exerted on on the the, um, the livestock owners in this regard?
2: Well, I, I don't think they have to exert too much pressure. I think the general perception in the media is there's a the giggle factor mm-hmm. that you are seen as uh, unstable if you come out with such claims and uh, I know of farms in the UK where um, farmers are convinced that there's UFOs appearing above their land but they will not go on camera. They, they, they are very wary of that i think it's more of a cultural thing as opposed to an actual act of government cover-up but that that culture is i think is brought about by many many years of negative reporting on the subject and i think that's
0: a ah. actual deliberate action the lies was, protected by public incredulity uh, yeah let me ask you uh, have you had uh, people that you've spoken to off the record that will not speak on the record. Uh, that would, I mean, if they would go on the record, it would, it would perhaps blow this thing wide open. I mean, have you talked to, I don't know, uh, uh, people in law enforcement uh, 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 or, or other scientists who have told you off off the record again that this is what's going on, but they will not take that extra step and go on camera.
2: Well, um, it's difficult because I believe whoever and whatever is behind it. It, it, is, it is deliberately covert, so they deliberately are not leaving evidence behind, which makes it very difficult for someone to come out with the, with the uh, smoking gun evidence. I don't think there is. I think they work very hard to make sure that the general public don't have smoking gun evidence, uh, and, and that's, that's the cover-up, and whoever's doing it. Works hard not to leave evidence.
1: And so you're saying that there's no one in an official capacity that has spoken to you off the record and said, "Listen, we know something's going on, but we just no, don't understand it." No. No, no, no,
2: no, nobody's, nobody's done that. Okay. I mean, I did the, this, this. The case of the um, disappearing 1500 sheep, which we could come on to, I, I did speak to the detective twice on the telephone, and I've I've got um, quite a detailed statement from him, which, and it's it's his statement. Which leads me to believe that there's something more to this case than than just sheep rustling. Well, let's there let's, let's one, one extra yeah, we material. should get into
1: that because I've yes. been involved in this for 35 years, this whole UFO phenomenon. And in reading this on your website and, and talking to Richard about this a few minutes ago, I just find this completely and totally unbelievable. And uh, you know, I'm skeptical in some ways, but when I mm-hmm. heard this, I said, "My goodness." What is going on
0: here? Yeah, let's let's at least begin this uh, conversation, and and uh, you know we'll resume after a, a break, which is, is which is forthcoming. But fifteen hundred sheep they went missing literally overnight from a farm last year. Tell t- tell us a little bit more about that.
2: Okay, this was first reported. Um, uh, it actually happened on the evening of the tenth to the eleventh of September last year, and it was reported, I think, on the Sunday Times and on the BBC web website. So, which read, uh, the BBC website read, uh, sheep stolen from Stenegot, which is an area in the northeast of England, uh, for illegal abattoirs. Police believe almost 1,500 sheep stolen from Lincolnshire may have been taken to unlicensed abattoirs. The sheep were taken from a 40-acre field in Stenegot near Louth. Now, a couple of things about this. Um, firstly, if the area that they were taken from is a real UFO hotspot, it's actually been named in the local press as the Lincolnshire Triangle. Now, this is about a 15-mile-sided triangle. It's a fairly small area, and where these sheep disappeared from is basically on the edge of that triangle. And the other, the other thing that the, the clip that you just played there, the other incident that happened in 2009 was this wind turbine, which a blade fell off. That is also in this triangle. Now. Uh, It was passed off by mechanical failure by the company that run those turbines, but there were multiple witnesses saw UFO over the turbines on that night, so I'm convinced that was UFO-related. Now, to get back to the the animal abduction, um, as I said, they they disappeared in one night, and it it would have been dark, because they were witnessed in the field at 6 p.m., they were gone at 9 a.m., so it was probably dark, and there's that particular field... It's it's a, an oblong shaped field. It's about 450 yards by 220 yards. On one side is a very very narrow road. Uh, the other side is an electric fence leading to another field, and the other two sides are both leading to other fields. There's only one gate leading out onto the road, so there's really only one gate that it would be physically possible for trucks to have taken the sheep from. When when they arrived in the morning and found the sheep missing, the gate had a padlock on it with the chain intact in the gate, there was no evidence at the gate that any sheep had come through. Oh my. 15 sheep had come through, there would have been droppings on the ground, there would have been wool in the hedgerows, and the detective has stated to me categorically, there no evidence that any sheep had been taken from the field.
0: But they did suspect rustling, right? Because uh, somebody yeah, was, well, was imprisoned.
2: This is the assumption that they've just made, and You can actually listen to the detective speaking uh, about this on the BBC website if you were to Google um, sheep stolen from Stenegott. Uh, He doesn't really mention any actual evidence of rustling. He's making an assumption there. Um, I mean, it's a bit like your your last guest uh, was talking about the media when he said, um, we have repeaters and not reporters. Yes. (laughs) And... uh, Really, um, they're making assumptions on on what's causing it.
0: And actually, but they arrested a man.
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. They arrested three people. Okay, this was about three weeks
0: after it happened. Let me just jump in here, Richard. We'll we'll, uh, we'll continue on this uh, story of the 1,500 missing sheep uh, and the wrongly convicted sheep rustler. Uh, when we come back, Richard D Hall, filmmaker, on the line from the UK. Victor Vigiani in studio from Zealand News Network. As we discuss bizarre UK animal mutilations and mass unexplained animal disappearances, what is the connection to UFOs? We'll delve into that as well. Stay with us. Peering into the shadows where the truth often hides. You're listening to the Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Animal mutilations and mass animal disappearances. Richard D. Hall, filmmaker from the UK, joins us. Victor Vigiani in studio from Zeland News Network. And if you're new to the program or this type of program, and you've now been initiated into the, the world of uh, ETs and uh, UFOs, uh, a little bit later in the program, we'll tell you how you can uh, listen or, or uh, meet Victor Vigiani in person and hear him uh, speak on these types of subjects. Uh, relating to UFOs and ETs, um, not too far from uh, uh, this uh, radio station in southwestern Ontario, an upcoming uh, speaking engagement from our own Victor Vigiani. We'll tell you more in a moment, but Richard D. Hall stays with us, a filmmaker from the UK, and we're talking about this uh, mass disappearance of 1,500 sheep from a, uh, a a farm in England last year at about this time, yeah. And uh, with, so within the space of three hours, they were last seen at six. By nine, they were gone. One gate in and out of no, the field. It more than three
2: hours. It was six p.m. and nine a.m. Ah, so,
0: my apologies. Okay, yeah, but the the, like the, hours. the gate remained padlocked. Correct. Had not been tampered with. Uh No signs of, as you say, no no uh, wool in the hedgerows or anything that would show, uh, you know, some sort of a, a struggle. Uh I mean, how many trucks would you need to round up and cart away okay. fifteen hundred sheep? The,
2: Yeah, the the trucks in the UK, the largest ones, typically hold about 500. So you would need three or possibly four uh,
0: trucks. All right. And down a a narrow, windy road in rural uh, England. Yeah. Uh, And no one heard or saw anything, presumably? That's a good
2: question. Um, The nearest house to the field is about 80 yards away. Uh, I interviewed the couple who live there and they have a dog which barked throughout the whole interview, and their dog did not wake, and they didn't hear a thing. And they they were actually visited by special branch, which is kind of the equivalent of the FBI uh, uh, in the UK, and they were interviewed. Because it's quite a a large crime, if if indeed that's what it was. Um, 1,500 sheep, it's about 100,000 pounds worth of uh, livestock.
0: Right, right. Okay, and um, so this individual, the suspect that was uh, yeah. j- jailed for rustling. Uh, how did they, how did they uh, finger this individual?
2: Okay, so what happened, three weeks after it, um, it was reported, it, it was reported that three people had been arrested, okay? So I just sort of left the story. I thought, well, maybe it's rustling. Some time went by, and it didn't say whether they'd been charged or whether they'd been convicted. It just said that they'd been arrested. So eventually I decided to go and investigate. I spoke to some people in the village, And one guy said to me, he said, oh, well, the landowner, who's also the animal owner, he says the shepherd is responsible. But the shepherd says he is not responsible. So they were both saying, I'm not responsible, I'm not responsible. So it turned out, I found out that the the person who was arrested was the shepherd, the shepherd's wife and the shepherd's father. The shepherd's father is also a shepherd. So I managed to trace the uh, shepherd's father, and I went to interview him and... He told me that um he doesn't have any previous convictions or anything like that, and he was cleared in June this year completely and he thought he was just arrested because they couldn't think of anyone else else to arrest. Right. He thought that he that, 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 that the shepherds were the only people who could have possibly carried this off because they were in control of the sheep, if you see what I mean.
0: Well, if you've got 1,500 uh, sheep, you, I guess you need what, uh, I don't know what they call it in England, but if you've got stolen merchandise, you need a fence, right? So, I mean, are these sheep branded? Are they identified? Um,
2: yes. Or- yeah, the, It's in the UK, The it's very well controlled. You know, they're all marked, and uh, when they go to market, the, those marks are, are, are red, they're tagged. So, um...
0: Well, you're not going to steal 1,500 sheep unless you can unload them for a profit, so they've got to show up somewhere, right, Victor?
1: Well, that's exactly what I was going to ask. I mean, with that many sheep on the market, they have to be showing up someplace. Is there any word of a large yep. amount of mutton showing up anywhere?
2: No, no, there's, there, there, there's not. And um, the shepherd did say to me, he said, if you were going to do that, you would need cooperation from several parties, you know, the drivers, the people rounding the sheep up, the, the abattoirs if they were going to um, you know, butcher the sheep. He said you just couldn't do it without someone finding out. Um, so it is a complete mystery. And it's the evidence from the detective that I spoke to um, who told me, and I've got this on tape, uh, that the, 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 the gate was still padlocked, and that is the only gate. I've got video of all of this. And there was no evidence that any sheep had gone through there. So, interestingly, the same month, we have a UFO sighting 12 miles from that field, uh, described by uh, three witnesses as three times the width of the road, a huge egg-shaped craft. Uh, they could smell electric in the air, and this craft came hovered over the road and shot off at an incredible speed back towards the sea. So this is a coastal area. It's... It overlooks the sea. The whole triangle is basically run. The coast runs down one side.
0: Okay, let's uh, let's step away for a moment. Richard uh, D Hall, you stay put where you are. Victor stays with us. We'll come back. I mean, I'd like to find out: is this unprecedented, or have there been other mass animal disappearances? No. We'll get into that and uh, continue to delve into bizarre UK animal mutilations. And again, what is it that these ETs, if they're the culprits, what do they want? Why are they doing this? The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Back with
1: more. You're listening to The
0: Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Couldn't think, possibly couldn't think of a a more pastoral setting than a a sheep farm in, in rural England. What would James Harriet think of this? 1,500 sheep, like, just vanishing. This is sort of all creatures great and small meets Roswell. Uh, it's <laughs> absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Richard D. Hall, a filmmaker, joins us on the line from the U.K. His website is richplanet.net. I've linked up to it on my site on the homepage at com. Victor Vigiani in studio from Zealand News Network. Um,
1: Victor, I'll turn it over to you because yeah. I'm just scratching my head here. Yeah, I'd actually, uh, just Richard and I were talking off mic here just a minute ago. Uh, you know, a lot of times this kind of thing happens, be it a UFO sighting or even with crop circles or, or, or whatnot. Um, the, the, the local scuttlebutt gets going at the local pub or, you know, at a, at a, at a, at a bingo someplace or whatever it happens to be where the locals, uh, sit down and chat and, you know, wink wink, someone says, well, yeah, I kind of know about this kind of thing, or I have a bit of an insight as to what might happen because, you know, Lonnie told me this, or is there any local scuttlebutt that, uh, that's going on in, uh, among people that might have them speculate or even give some sort of answers as to what might have happened, or sort of, what's the word on the paddock?
2: Okay, well, I went into a few establishments in the nearby village, and they were very cagey. It um, took me a while to get them just to acknowledge uh, what had happened so one woman who runs the runs the bar she she said to me oh i'm not i don't think those sheep existed okay so that was her view on it uh, another woman in the shop she wouldn't even speak uh, i said look i'm in search in this case and she just shook her head as if to say get out of my shop sort of thing so mm-hmm. mixed reaction the guy in the post office was a bit more friendly he was the one who told me that you know who had been arrested now um so sort of mixed response, really, but um, I'm fairly sure the sheep were there because the couple that I interviewed who live right next to the field, the woman, the wife, she witnessed the sheep at tea time, which is sort of 6 p.m., uh, and then she also witnessed the fact that they weren't there the following day, and I've got her on camera as a witness to that. So I'm fairly sure that the sheep were there, and, and I do know that the landowner, and who is also the animal owner, he's quite a wealthy estate owner in that area, and he has installed CCTV cameras as a result of that disappearance um, in the region. He's got them on on the roads that that capture the drivers at various corners in the region.
0: Richard, has anything like this ever happened before, even on a smaller scale, a mass animal disappearance?
2: Um, If we go back to the year 2000, um, about 50 miles west of Lincolnshire, in Nottinghamshire, a similar number... 1,500, um, but they disappeared this time over four separate nights. Um, and there was 248 taken from a secured barn, and they were all in lamb ewes. So they were all pregnant, uh, and the logistics of getting a truck into that uh, yard, I've got photographs of the yard, and we've interviewed, the, or David Caton interviewed the farmer. The sheepdog was actually chained up in a, in a kennel near, near, near to where the sheep were, and it didn't wake or bark. So that was a mystery. Um, we've, we've, got case in, we've got cases of sheep being, or animals being moved. Um, there's a book called The Welsh Triangle by Peter Padgett, and in that book he documents a place called Riverston Farm in the 1970s where a farmer was milking his cows, um, and he left them in the milking shed, and he walked across the farmyard, and the phone's ringing in the farmhouse. He answers the phone, and it's another farmer a mile up the road saying, why are your cows in my field? And he, and he says, I've just, I've just uh, left them milking in, you know, in, in the milk shed. And he says, no, you haven't. They're in my field. And he walked back, and, he, and they were all gone. 158 cows teleported to a nearby field. My. So, and there's a case I've got here in uh, Oklahoma in the 1990s. 1,700 cows and calves disappeared from a ranch. Uh, so, yes, there are other cases of this happening.
0: And, and rustling uh, uh, has been ruled out in, in all those incidents?
2: Well, certainly in the Ripston Farm one. Uh, I'm not sure about the, the one in Oklahoma. Uh, there was another case in 1980, and this was associated with a UFO sighting, the Alan Godfrey case, a police officer, where a herd of cows appeared in a housing estate and then were moved to a rugby pitch. So there are, and recently uh, those 400 sheep went from Aberdeen, which is in Scotland. Um, it's uh, immediately the police and the media will assume that they've been rustled because really there's, that's really the only explanation, other than the more exotic UFO explanation. It's just that this 1,500 sheep—they they, are—that was right in a UFO hotspot in the UK. So this is why I suspect something. Other than rustling plus the actual number it's for me it's logistically it's just it's just too big a number to, to get away with I'm mean.
1: just trying to connect a few dots here too again Richard any any and I'm really searching here for answers any report of, of uh, in that area of, of any type of you know uh, crop uh, crop circles or crop formations being formed or, or is that something that's uh, extraneous so,
2: well, not that I'm aware of no that uh, area okay. um, no I don't think so mm-hmm. um, But a lot of UFO sightings in, Mm -hmm. the the main town in that area is a place called Louth, which is quite a small town. And many, many articles in their local newspaper of UFOs being spotted. above a place called Mablethorpe, which is on the coast, again, Mm -hmm. within this 15-mile triangular region. Um, And in the 1990s, apparently, there's a radio transmitter there. Uh, that was nicknamed by the locals Alien Tower because this, there were so many sightings in that region.
0: With all now, these another, little...
2: another interesting, just one Sorry, point. Sorry, go ahead. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a huge tower one mile south of where this field was, where the ship disappeared from. And Now, it's run by the RAF. It's, it's not a transmitted tower. It's actually a climbing frame, and it's got huge viewing platforms, which the RAF, the Royal Air Force... They, apparently, I asked a local, I said, what, what's that for? She said, the Royal Air Force, they camp out at night on these viewing platforms. This is hundreds of feet high, and it overlooks the field, and it overlooks the entire region of this Lincolnshire Triangle. So I'm just wondering whether there's people in the Air Force observing what's going
0: on. In, in all of these uh, cases, uh, either mutilation or mass animal disappearances, has anyone ever seen... Um, the culprit, let's say, some sort of a craft with one of these unfortunate uh, animals sort of, I don't know, in the process of being caught up in a, I don't know, a tractor beam or anything like that?
2: Okay, that's a good question. There's two cases that I know of. Um, One in uh, Linda Moulton Howe, one of Linda Moulton Howe's books, she describes a couple who witnessed a UFO come down and two beings get out, smaller than humans, and there's a cow there and the cow is kind of paralysed, these two beings wave their hands over the top of this cow and float it into the craft. That's the first case. As I say, that's in one of Linda Moulton Howe's books. The second case was in the UK in a place called Frodsham, which took... This was in 1978. Um, A spherical, glowing craft came down, witnessed by four young men who were out poaching pheasant. They... um, They said the the light was like an arc welder. It burned their eyes. Two beings get out of that craft. Again, a paralyzed cow just standing there, not moving. These two beings get out of the craft, and they start erecting steelwork or poles around the cow, like building a cage around it. And then they they didn't hang around for much longer after that. They didn't see whether the cow was taken into the craft. Um, But that was reported in a magazine called Flying Saucer Review in 1978. There's two cases that I know of where a single animal has presumably been abducted by a UFO.
0: Any idea, I mean, obviously we're into the world of speculation here, but why would, you know, this is the common refrain, right? Why would these uh, civilizations, these ETs, travel light years to get here uh, to abduct 1,500 sheep or to mutilate a donkey or a stag What's behind all yes. this,
2: Richard? Okay, that's a great question. Um, well, first off, I don't think they're traveling millions of light years or hundreds of light years, mm-hmm. taking the sheep and then going back. Um, I'm of the mind that there are uh, bases under the, under the ocean. That's where I think they are. Um, there are many, many cases of disks coming out of the ocean, people witnessed discs you know as i say coming out of the ocean um i think they're they're possibly on this planet now why you say why i i think the mutilation and the actual abduction that that they're possibly for different purposes but for me the only reason why you would abduct that many sheep would be as a source of protein Mm. and then you say well Protein for
1: what or who? There's another possible explanation that I think uh, Linda Moulton Howe um, raised in her book, I think it was called uh, Alien Harvest, is mm-hmm. that in some way, especially with the, uh, the, ca- the, the cattle mutilations, the cow mutilations, the, uh, the samples that they take, because these animals draw uh, food from the, from the planet, from you know, eating the, the, the hay or the grass or whatever, mm-hmm. it, it's thought that somehow these, these tissue samples um, to whoever these extraterrestrials are they're a way of monitoring um, the the quality of the of the of the environment in some way or another, and it's mm-hmm. drawn up th- through through the bovine DNA, and mm-hmm. the the ETs can actually tell what's going on on mm-hmm. the planet with the soil and the grass uh, in terms of you know these samples. Now that's just another sort of possible explanation.
2: Yeah, uh, that's a very plausible explanation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another one is put forward by a guy called Dr. Philip Duke, and he believes that. The whole point of the uh, mutilation is, at some point before the mutilation, maybe three weeks before, something is being put in the animal's blood, uh, some kind of disease or uh, antibody, and then the the animal then develops antibodies over a period of time, mm-hmm. and that's what they're actually harvesting. So they, basically, they're using the animal as an incubator for something that they're growing that they need, and he he, he believes that it's that they're. Creating antibodies that they then put in their abductees, human beings that they're abducting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they'll they'll, they'll, that might be inside an implant which releases some kind of antibody into Mm -hmm. the abductee to protect that abductee from certain Earth-based pathogens. So in other words, the abductees are very, very important to their program. So they protect them and they're Mm -hmm. growing these antibodies. within the animals that's wow sort of the
0: theory. that's yeah. a long way to, to go for an inoculation program but um, it's, it's fascinating uh, listen let's quack, grab a quick call here uh, Darlene is in Hamilton Ontario Darlene go ahead welcome to the conspiracy I have, show uh,
2: two questions uh, one is how do you find investigative people
0: or reporters And the second is, are you aware that there were a series of UFO sightings in Whitby and Newmarket just this past week?
2: Okay, what was the first question again? How do you find investigative people or reporters? Investigative reporters. Okay, yeah, that's a good question. Okay, well, in my opinion, the mainstream reporters (laughs) are tools of the establishment. They're not they're not really after the truth in my opinion. They're skeptics and they're debunkers many times. And yes, I am aware of recent UK UFO sightings. I think they've been passed off by the BBC as being space junk, but I've not really read any detailed reports of that. But I know over several nights there has been activity recently in the UK
0: I think our, Darlene actually may have been referring to closer to home here Whitby and Newmarket they may have a counterpart in the UK well, but their communities not too oh yeah we too... Whitby
2: and Newmarket
0: ah there you go well this, their sister cities are uh, uh, just uh, a few miles down the road here listen Darlene okay. Darlene and Hamilton thank you for the call uh, Richard D. Hall thank you for joining us I uh, really appreciate your time and uh, we'll have to do this again sometime
2: ok well thank you very much indeed for having me on the show
0: alright rich planet rich dot net that's the one. All right. Victor Vigiani, a pleasure as always. Tim Spreen, good job behind the board. Your inaugural voyage with the Conspiracy Show back next week. Alan Graham, the uh, brother-in-law of the late Jim Morrison, will tell us about the real Jim. Also coming up, Nick Redfern, about uh, some of the strangest places anywhere on the planet. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak of the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops.
1: Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home.